This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 036. In this episode, we talk to David Liam about how outsourcing will transform your business overnight. Why can't working be easy? If you have your own business and you're finding that you're spending three or four hours trying to figure out like how to code your website or like how to run some campaign and you're feeling miserable, why do you have to do that just because you know, you're a one-man show? There's probably someone out there in the world who can do what you're frustrated about effortlessly in like a tenth of the time and it barely costs you any money. And at the end of the day, you're both happy. And David gives us his best tips for choosing the right virtual staff. You have to have a person who can follow up with you and who can clarify if they don't understand. And that's one big trait that I look for is like someone who will be proactive and really try to seek a good communication and clear communication. Greetings. Hello, 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 hello. We're back again. It's us. Are you pissed off with us yet? Uh, annoyed? They keep coming back for more. They love it. Yeah. Well, so it's news time. News. News, 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 news. 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 This is the news. This is the news. Serious news. It's not serious it's at, all. Not at all. We're actually, when you listen to this, we're pre-recording, as you know, at the moment, because we're on a massive press trip. So we're going to be too crazy busy to do the news. Cry, cry. But yes, we know if you listen to this episode, by that point, we're probably going to be on a walking tour in Vienna right now. Yes, it's a city that's been on our bucket list for a freaking long time. And we're finally doing it. Yes. So excited. And this tour is awesome too. The home of Mozart and lots of crazy cultural history and amazing architecture and that sort of stuff. We'll do a future podcast about Vienna when we've had time to edit through all the content. But yeah, also last week we were at the Prague Beer Festival and we got a press pass. Absolutely. Perks for being a travel blogger and just asking. Yeah, just asking. Really (laughs) pitch them. Like press. We're not really press. We're We're semi-press blogging. They're like, sure, we'll have tickets at the press passes at the ticket booth for you. We're like, sweet. Very cool. Awesome sauce. So yeah, I'm sure we'll have tried a number of beverages at that festival and we'll also podcast about them in the future. It might be a little slurred, so you know, (laughs) get ready for that. It could be, but yeah, the silly pre-recording stuff. We are sorry. Yes, the regular news schedule will be coming back in June, so keep listening and we'll have some real live updates rather than the pre-recorded stuff. So uh, today we are actually talking about the single most important thing that has transformed our business in 2015 outsourcing yes for shizzle yeah we have freed ourselves from much everyday admin and tasks and just menial crap that you just if you don't like doing it you don't have to do it there's people out there that you can pay to do this stuff and you can just go off and be a creative wonder yeah it depends what you're into i mean i don't actually mind analyzing data like our budget episode in episode 27 i didn't mind going through the data and figuring out how much we'd spent on everything i'm all right with doing that but then other stuff like html html coding and yeah, fixing Why problems. Why is this plugin no longer working? Why has Pinterest just stopped working on our page? Yeah, don't I don't care. know. Don't care. Don't care. We want to be doing writing. We want to be doing creative stuff. We want to be doing stuff that interests us and progresses our business, rather than the stuff that has no interest to us at all and just gets in the way. Yes. Yeah, so, so all of that stuff, it's time 
to send to someone else to do. Yeah, more time to spend on our core of our business and revenue generation and less time wasted on something that someone else can do for us better and faster than we can do anyway. Totally. So this whole episode is about how do you get into outsourcing? How do you know that the people you're going to hire are going to be any good for you and your blog or business? And how much should you be paying? Exactly. So we're going to go straight into our interview right now so you can get some more information if you want to get into outsourcing, which you should. You should. Okay, so today we are talking about outsourcing in order to grow your blog or online business much faster. Our guest, David Liam from virtualtagteam.com and blog and podcast is an outsourcing expert and content contributor for LinkedIn. Hi, David. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for inviting me to the podcast. No problem Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. So just to get things rolling, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Canada. I grew up there. And uh, after I graduated, I wanted to see the world and uh, get out of my small little city in uh, Canada. So right after I took my last exam, then I took a plane to Singapore because I had a friend there who got me a job. And it's been really interesting because like I learned a lot about the culture in Singapore. It's so different than Canadian culture. So I had a huge shock. And of course, there's a lot of other cultures around the region, which I didn't have much experience. So it was a really good learning experience. So currently, I run a digital marketing agency as well on the side. And currently, it's called Green Bean Digital. And all my staff are virtual. So I have like project managers, people who do design and programmers, they're all found around the world. And, you know, we communicate through Skype. And the reason why I kind of did that is I had another marketing agency business that was like I hired local people. But I really found that number one, it takes a long time to hire people, especially if you're bringing in people from other countries, you have to do all the visas and you have to get them uh, like equipment. And then it just takes a lot of time. And at the same time, you know, you're low on staff and trying to make things work. And we also opened a outsourcing business, well not outsourcing, we had a like a back office in India to kind of support our operations in Singapore. But the problem of that was it took a really long time to get that up and it takes a long time to get people trained. When I started my current business, I really wanted to work with people who were motivated, who take pride in their work, who have a good work ethic. And I really found those kind of people when I was, I hired people from like Elance and Odesk. And I found that those people have, they're very proactive. They, they run their own business, even if it's like their own show. But working with them allows me to kind of get things off the ground really quickly. Like the freelancers that I work with, they just understand like what I need and like there's no nonsense and we just get going. So like I've had a really great opportunity, not opportunity, but experience doing that. And that's why I wanted to share with other people like how I did it and that it can really work for you. And um, that's kind of what the, the blog is about and the podcast is to kind of show that this thing is possible. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's a really big team of people. Now, I know people listening to this episode probably haven't even hired their first person yet, but it's obviously great to see that once you do start getting into this, you can really build and grow a business with an entire team that is virtual. Yeah. And that's amazing, especially for people who are location independent, who really have no option to have local staff at all. You know, this is like an essential solution for modern businesses online. Now, other than the stuff you just mentioned, if you were speaking to someone who had never hired an outsourcer before and you needed to give them a sort of 20 second pitch on why they should get into outsourcing, 
Can you give like the key benefits of why outsourcing could be for any online business? Okay, well, number one, you can do everything. And there is probably one or two things that you should be focusing on. And that's where you have the, the highest value. And the rest of it, you should get people to support you. And you know, the world is so interconnected with internet that it's so easy to uh, hire people and to communicate them and to get them in your business that, I know, once you get started, you won't even know why you didn't do it. That's <laughs> Exactly how we feel about it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. right. And I've heard, like, I've interviewed guests, and, like, once they've got into outsourcing, they kind of get addicted to it. Yeah. Oh, it is addictive because you have all these people applying, and you're like, oh, look at them. Oh, look at them. Oh, look at them. Yeah, and the amount of time I know. that we then have free to work on the actual income generation part of our business rather than the admin part of our business. That's been the main benefit for us, I think. I find it very intriguing to work with people from different cultures because, like, I grew up in Canada, and there's a lot of cultures there, so I'm always curious, like, oh, you're from, like, this country. I've, I've never met anyone like that. Like, what's happening there? Like, one of the guys I'm working with is, uh, he's in Bangladesh, and he's this, like, university student, and, like, I would have never imagined I would be working from a guy from Bangladesh, and his life is so different. And, like, I worked with another lady from the Philippines, and, like, the stuff that they deal with, like, they have to deal with floods and, like, yeah. Yeah. typhoons. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I don't even have to deal with that. But it's so interesting to hear, like, that's, like, everyday life for them. Yeah, I love it. Our VA sends us little notes, and he's like, have you heard of this festival in the Philippines? You should totally do it. We're like, dude, we had no idea that existed. Totally adding that to the bucket list right now. Yeah, yeah. So extra bonuses outside of the work time. It's Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to ask a question about if someone is just getting into outsourcing, which I think a lot of our listeners might be interested in doing. Now, what time is the right time to get into it? Should you just bang straight, do it straight away the second that you start a business? Or should you wait until your business has grown to a certain point before you start outsourcing? What's like the ideal time? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I can speak from my own experience. Like the time that I decided to outsource was when I felt that I was kind of getting overwhelmed by a lot of details and knowing my character and my strengths, like I'm not a very detailed person. And once I started to kind of miss out on details and get overwhelmed with that, I knew I had to to bring someone in. And probably in the back of your mind, you might be wondering, oh yeah, there are some things that you don't want to do. And, and those things are going to get painful. For example, like writing or doing like finance stuff. So like I found those areas, I'm like, okay, like I would rather be spending, you know, X amount more time to I don't know, meet with businesses. So I need someone to cover for me for that. So I guess that's kind of when I decided to do it. It actually wasn't that long. If I'm talking about like if you have a client and I think when I got two or three clients that required me to work at least, I don't know, 20 to 30 hours, then I started bringing people in. Yeah. So it's just that feeling of being out of your depth. And I know we were in that position last year before we started outsourcing. And it was just this massive weight lifted the second we knew that we had those extra hours in the week that tasks were just being taken care of and we weren't having to worry about them. Yeah, really great. Yeah, like I started actually quite simple because when I got into it, I didn't really know what to expect. So I created really small and simple projects. Like I need an article written like about finance and I just hired a guy and I paid him, I think $30 for one article and that saved me like three or four hours, but that's a very low financial risk for me. So I kind of got my feet wet doing really small projects and then yeah, getting experience. Yeah, I mean, that's what we did when we first started the outsourcing thing. We sent out quite a few test projects to different people. Yeah, just to sort of see whether or not they were on the same thought path as what we were task-wise. And so we found that that was a really good way to sort of wade through. Because when you do put up an ad on perhaps Odesk or Elance, you do get an overwhelming response. So do you have any tips for people on how to wade through 
all of those responses to find an ideal employee? Yeah, there's a few. So the first thing is um, you need to have a very good idea on what you're looking for. You're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble if you're just throwing it out into the wind. I'm like, okay, I need a writer to do this. But you're not specific on exactly what kind of article that you need and also what kind of experience that the writer need to write it. So the first thing is to be very clear on what you need. And, and that does help down the road because once like these candidates start popping up, um, because you have a very clear idea, you're able to, I guess, really quickly sort out between who has the right kind of qualifications, who has the right kind of portfolio in order to move forward. And then the second thing is you can use very small little tests to see whether people are taking your job posting seriously. So what we've done is in our job description, at the bottom or probably buried somewhere in there, we kind of give some instructions on when they're submitting their proposal. For example, we tell them when you're applying, write in the message at the top, hello, Jello. Like just some random thing that you have to read it. And if you read it thoroughly, you'll know that's what you have to do. So anyone who doesn't write hello, Jello at the top, we kind of ignore. Out. So that's mm. what, yeah, that's a simple thing. And I know there's other people who have done more deeper tests and it probably that's more appropriate if you're hiring a more major role, like someone who is full time. But I had a guest who gave like a problem. I was like, okay, there's, this is a customer problem. This is the email. How would you go about to respond to it and tell me the action steps? So they would kind of test the person based based on how well their English was. And then also they did a presentation to say, okay, if you were on the on a phone call with this person, how would you how would you respond to them? How would you talk to them? So they kind of do a little bit of role play. And from that, they were able to really see who makes the mark. So little tests here and there. Wow, yeah, it's a quite a detailed process. Yeah. Yeah, and we did a few tests as well. And we found that even though we were setting really specific tasks, or at least we thought we were setting really specific tasks, some of the people that we were testing still went off in completely the wrong direction with that. I guess yeah. the problem is if you've never hired anyone before and you've never really been a boss before, you might not be sure on what's the best practice with setting down tasks and how to make them clear and concise so that a VA can understand them. I mean, do you have any tips for anyone who's trying to do that to maybe design a process so that they can actually get those tasks out and completed correctly? Yeah, I know on Elance, they do have a few templates that you can look at. They're useful, but not super useful. It's, I guess, a good place to get started. I also kind of did a, a quick Google search and looked for some job descriptions of other people and see if it resonated with what I was looking for. And then I believe in putting a personal touch to the job description. Like you don't have to be so corporate and like put, you know, uh, I'm looking for this and there's no personality. Like I like to talk about, okay, this is why we're doing the project and this is the larger picture. And this is a little bit about me and this is kind of what I'm looking for. So I try to keep it like casual so people, they get comfortable applying and they know that okay there's someone on the other end I guess that kind of encourages them to open up so that's kind of my style you know you might have your own style there but I think that's something that you kind of evolve over the time yeah totally. I, I think we like this whole personal style the internet is I know people say internet is depersonalizing people but I think the the way people interact can sometimes be a lot nicer now we always send smiley faces and stupid things like that in emails <laughs> to people because it's just nice I think that corporate way of everyone being very professional, business, super business business. business, business, professional. I don't like that style anymore. That's one of the reasons that we don't work in those sorts of corporate jobs. And we like to be self-employed because we can make it more like a family experience yeah. when we're working with people. Yeah, just tying it back into the question, like I'm saying that there's no like proper way of writing a, a job description. So if you're like very new, just say I'm really new at this. I would appreciate some guidance. Like if there's something that you need clarified on, I would be happy to explain it. I think that works. There's, there's no like you know, golden formula for 
this. So, you know, realize that you're talking to another person and you just have to kind of communicate and figure out what both of you want. And I think in the end, you'll probably meet in the middle. Totally. Now, we've spoken a little bit throughout this interview on a couple of the different platforms there are for outsourcing. So pretty much there's like Odesk, there's Elance, there's Virtual Staff Finder. Are there any particular ones that you would recommend? Any ones that are better for any particular reason? I only have personal experience from Odesk and Elance. And the reason why I do that is, I guess from my perception, there are people, maybe they're more serious about either part-time or full-time work. I know there are other sites like Fiverr and they have like these task sites where you just hire people for a task and they go, what I'm looking for is someone who can work with me for the long term. And that's just kind of what I've decided to use. I've interviewed different people and they found success using other sites, but uh, this is just kind of what I use. And, and they have a pretty decent pool and I'm not really sure who has better talent. They're both, Elance and Odessa, are, they're the same thing now. So, you know, you just cast your net in two areas, it's fine. They both have very good caliber people. Yeah, we've just used Odesk because from my understanding, Elance and Odesk are so similar, it doesn't seem to make that much difference which one you choose. I think the commission structure is the same, right? Is that like 11% you pay them for each hour that you pay someone to work? I think Odesk is slightly more expensive than Elance. I think Elance is under 10, it's like 8 point something percent. And it's always pretty much the same thing. But that's what I know. So if someone was thinking about getting VA or staff for their blog or business, what are some of the everyday tasks that like you as a business owner do that you outsource that probably wouldn't even pass through people's minds that is something that they could outsource to someone else? Well, there's tons of stuff that you can do. What I started off with are writers. So writers are, okay, there are two categories of assistants that I kind of put my the staff into. One is project-based and one is kind of like a staff or um, hourly based. So the project-based people are like writers and artists who have a specific goal that or yeah, project scope. So the writers, if you don't like to write or your writing is not your strong suit, then it'd be a good idea to start off with that. And, and I use writers for content marketing. So for my blog or my clients, I'll interview them, get like an audio file, and then we'll get them to translate that into an article or transcribe it. That's kind of pretty straightforward. That's an easy way to start. Once I hired about three or four freelancers, I hired a project manager who also doubled up as like a, a personal assistant. And that was pretty useful because the personal assistant side could sort out, um, you have some people to call, you remind you to call them or they would do some basic research. And the project manager side, they would keep track on what needs to be done. They'll use like a project management software and make sure that I key it in and then the people are updating their tasks as well. So, and they always have this area of understanding or some clout to know like what's happening. So I kind of don't get overwhelmed by all the details. And all I need to focus on is to make sure that the project is going in the right direction. Yeah, that's cool. interesting, actually. I think a project manager is probably what we need right now because totally. we are so <laughs> flustered every day trying to keep track of all the tasks that need to be done. Yeah. And trying to assign those tasks to our current VA, we also get behind actually assigning him work, which is annoying because we've got so much stuff to do. And... I think we personally need to hire a social media manager. That's I think that's, and that's an interesting thing that I think is popping up a lot more that people are offering their services as social media managers. And it's a very interesting thing because I would love to just hand that over to someone else because it does take up a lot of time every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like even simple things like uploading to your website. Like for my podcast, now I've gotten one of my VAs to to uh, kind of put all the show notes up there, like make the banner for the article, put all the links for tweeting and connecting like the podcast player to the uh, MP3 file. Like there's a lot of different steps that just take 
um, like a few hours and it adds up. And then so I kind of documented that and, and just uh, trained her to do that. So, yeah, that's like a simple thing, just like maintaining a website. There's so many things involved. So it's good to get help to do that. I guess one of the most useful VAs that I have is like someone who can just take care of all the tech stuff. Like, OK, mm. here's like an article. OK, just upload it and just get it all settled. I, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Or it's like something's just stopped working and you're like, oh, I don't know how to fix this. Someone fix it, fix it, it. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the developer, like we have guys that can code and stuff like, oh, can you change like this and that? Like I'm sure I probably could find some tutorial and do it, but someone can do it in like five minutes. I'm like, oh, that's a a pretty good deal. (laughs) Yeah, because otherwise you're basically spending all of your time and you're working for what they're working for, whoever you're paying seems like you're downgrading your skills to do something that you're no good at. And yeah. You have to take hours doing it. Yeah. And we do it all the time and it's it, really bad. It can be easy. Like, why can't working be easy? Like, if you have your own business and you're finding that you're, like, spending three or four hours trying to figure out, like, how to code your website or, like, how to run some campaign, like, marketing campaign, and, you know, you're feeling miserable, like, why do you have to do that just because, you know, you're a one-man show? Like, there's probably someone out there in the world who can do what you're frustrated about effortlessly and in, like, a tenth of the time, and it barely costs you any money. And at the end of the day, you're both happy. Absolutely. There's no reason why you should be frustrated. No, exactly. We need to hire more people. Every time Every time we talk about outsourcing, we say, let's go and hire more people. And then we get distracted by actual work and don't go and hire more people. This is what we need the people to do. Yeah, we need them doing the work rather than us doing the work. But we would like to move on and maybe address some of the fears that people possibly have with outsourcing to people who they just have never physically met. Now, we know you can have Skype interviews and meet them that way, but How do you address the fears of people that are not necessarily comfortable with handing out personal passwords or letting them have access to their blogs? Like, how would you address those fears? That's a really good question. I guess there's a few ways to approach it. Number one, don't give, when you're getting started with, uh, and when you're working with someone new, don't give them tasks that give you access to personal information like passwords and stuff. Like I was saying, get them to to write some stuff or um, prepare. If they're a social media person, get them to prepare the content, the list of stuff that you're going to put on social media and like put it in Excel. Number two, like if you really need to give people access, for example, to your website, what we do is we create separate login for that person, which has the access exactly um, what's needed to their job specification. So if we're talking about a website, if all they need to do is like upload stuff, then you give them like an editor credential. And and you also, you can have plugins to log in like when people are accessing your website. And the reason why I say that is one danger of working with people you've never met is, you know, the information that you do give them, who knows where it's going to end up. Like we were working with a guy, a few guys on a project and all of a sudden we're getting uh, logins from Switzerland and we don't have any guys from Switzerland and they're trying to hack the site. And we know exactly what credential is trying to log in and we know exactly who has the information on that credential. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of narrow it down as opposed to you have one login and like someone's trying to log in and, and you know like five different people have it so you can't really monitor that. So having specific access is really important. Yeah, so that's one thing that we learned. We've got a Ninja Firewall is what we've got installed and anytime anyone logs into our website, it sends me an email instantly to tell me who's logged in at what time and yeah, like which username it was. So it, yeah, it does make it very easy to track when people are going in. But let's talk about some other concerns and fears as well, because I know we're going to run short on time otherwise. Now, you're talking about training earlier very briefly. 
I think this is something people are really concerned about. If they're going to put the money into hiring someone, they're also going to have to spend a lot of time training them. Is this really the case or are a lot of the people out there already very expert and knowledgeable and you just need to choose the right person? I think they're the good ones. They just know what to do right off the bat. And sometimes those people are kind of hard to hire because they're very busy or they're expensive. But the people who take this uh, seriously as a job and they do it full time, they know what to do. They know what kind of questions to ask when they need to clarify instructions. You'll find if you want to hire cheaper people, they might be inexperienced and maybe their English is not very good. Then you'll find you have to trade off. You have to train them a little bit more. Got to be more specific on what you want. And uh, so I guess it's, it's a balance. At minimum, for training, you should at least have some sort of documentation on what you want in terms of the steps and maybe have a few screenshots on um, what, which helps to visually communicate what you want. But other than that, uh, you have to have a person who can follow up with you and who can clarify if they don't understand. And that's one big trait that I look for is like someone who will be proactive and really try to seek a good communication and clear communication. And uh, yeah, you just got to find those kind of people. Yeah, I think if they come back and ask questions every time, then you know they're actually thinking we about love the problem. Questions. Yeah, it does make yeah. it a lot easier yeah. to make sure they're on the right task and you're not spending lots of money on someone who's going off and doing the wrong task. And then you get the work in and go, this is completely wrong. And now I've got to wait another two days to get it in. So yeah, making sure you choose the right person in the first place is probably the most important stuff. And speaking yep. of being on task, now, maybe you can explain a little bit about how you monitor your employees through these systems like Odesk or Elance to make sure they're actually working and not just taking, messing around on Facebook. Yeah, messing around on Facebook or something. Yeah, that's a good question. Elance and Odesk, they have a dashboard view which takes, if you're working with people on an hourly basis, it will take a, a screenshot randomly, I think every 10 minutes. And it'll tell you like what's on their screen and like, and you can review it anytime. So if there's something that you don't want to see, or that you shouldn't be seeing, like Facebook and stuff, then you can dispute that time, uh, that pocket of time, and they, they will delete it from their hours. Sometimes the, the freelancers will do that themselves. So like, okay, I was kind of doing, I need a break, so, and I forgot to turn off my tracker, so they will self-delete it too, if they do care about you know, putting across a, a professional image. So there's that kind of transparency as well. It's actually sort of easier than monitoring an employee at an office where you'd have to walk around looking at their screens and seeing what they're up to. But also they could just quickly change the screen. Yeah, they could. So, I know I've done that. Yeah, yeah, but they don't know. It's a random screenshot. Yeah. I think the, the bigger thing that you need to be concerned about is the integrity of the person. Like if they're really serious about working for you, they have good work ethic, they're going to work fast because yeah, they okay, on the screen it can be good, but if they take forever to do something, like if they take like five hours to do some research when it should only take like 30 minutes, that's like a, a big no-no. So you have to know how long things are supposed to take so you know like if you're getting good value for your money. Yeah. Totally. And speaking of value for money, I know we vaguely touched on some of the prices it may cost to get work done, but how affordable can outsourcing be for someone who's got no idea what they should be paying for different sort of employees? What sort of price should they be looking at to pay? So most of the time you're going to pay what you're going to get what you pay for. Of course. Uh, you can get people as cheap as three or four dollars. For example, in Bangladesh or Pakistan, like they're very cheap. At the same time, they might not communicate very well. You might have some differences in culture and stuff, but you know, they're cheap. On the other hand, the more experienced people, they do cost more, but they can actually get the stuff done faster and more efficiently. So 
being cheap is not always the, the best way to go. In some cases, it actually will give you more of a headache to do that. So I think you have to balance out between you know, the, the person's price and experience. You can also you can ask them like for a certain task, like how long will you get it done? And you can also control your cost by saying, uh, for this task, uh, I want you to do it in two hours. I'm not going to pay for anything longer because that's how long it takes. So that's a bit about how you manage the, the costs. Um, yeah, you run it more as a project rather than an hourly rate for certain tasks. As, yeah, we were talking about that at the top of the episode, weren't we? So. Yeah, you, you can't do it on an hourly. You just have to know like how much you want to spend a week. And that's something that you have to decide for yourself. Yeah, I'm guessing they let you set some sort of cap on the amount of hours someone can work before the clock will turn off and say, that's it. Yeah, that's right. If they do go over, Elance or Odesk will not release any payment to them until you approve those extra hours. That's a good way of controlling the cost. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's very well set up if for anyone who is worried about starting doing it they seem to have so many fail safes in place and you can do so many tests with the staff to start with that you're not going to be risking thousands of dollars whereas if you maybe were hiring someone locally to actually come into your office and work every day you have to worry about many other factors and once they're employed there might be employment laws that you can't fire them or get rid of them if they're not doing a good job and stuff like that so yeah, yeah it just seems like such a good option yeah the good thing is like when you want to if someone is not working out you can just tell them to stop like right on the dot and they'll be fine with it and uh, you just close the project and you don't have to spend another dollar so it's yeah. really fast yeah it's great peace of mind for anyone who's just trying it out and giving it a go cool okay well i think we've covered about as many of the main things we wanted to today as we can in the time but we do have one last question for you yes we ask this to all of our guests so if you could go back before you had ever hired virtual staff what is the one piece of advice you would give your past self? The one piece of advice I would give myself is that I need to have a very clear idea on what I want in terms of the person and what kind of what do I want in terms of the work. Because uh, when I first started off, I didn't give very clear instructions and I didn't really know what kind of people I wanted. And if I just spent a little bit more time to investigate on the person's background, do a little bit more tests and uh, to really understand like what this person's capable of, that would have saved me a lot of headache because the the reality is you're not, you're not always going to get the right person, but you can do your I guess your background, your investigation to to give yourself a better chance to do that. And and that kind of goes into the larger picture. Like if you do want to have your own business, like location independent, you need to know exactly what you want to do yourself. Like what are you willing to do? Like in my case, uh, I'm a consultant. I just want to be consulting. I want to meet people. I want to make plans. I want to do some creative work. I don't want to do all those ad other admin stuff. I don't want to do development work and all the coding. So mm -hmm. I have a very clear idea on what I want to do. And that translates down to the people that I work with, I have a very clear idea on what they should be doing and how they're supporting me. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is a great, great tip. And actually, I think we need to go and sit down. Yeah, we need to rethink our strategy and maybe get a few more of our tasks We've outsourced. got to the point again where it's become overwhelming yeah. again. So it's now time for a new yeah, assistant. A serious sit down. Yeah, yeah assistant yeah. number two. All right. Okay, well, <laughs> thanks again for joining us on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Maybe you'd like to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your blog and podcast and even your business, if you like, whatever you think would be useful information so they can find you. All right. So I blog at the virtualtagteampodcast.com and uh, I, me and my co-host, Henry, we also interview people, but we do it more from a business perspective so those people who are serious about it and they want to build a team and a business and how to better communicate with them but that's kind of what we do and I also have
have a business, uh, my marketing consulting business at greenbean.sg. Perfect. And of course, your podcast is on iTunes. So virtual tag team, people can search for that on iTunes and take a listen. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks again. Okay, it's almost the end of the show. Oh, you're going to love this travel homework. It's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to also be pretty obvious what your homework for this episode might be. Yes, get into outsourcing. Yeah, we wish we'd done this sooner. We wasted so much time on admin in the beginning. It was ridiculous waste of time. I know. My brother-in-law told me about this ages ago. We we're like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to give over creative control. And it's kind of like, no, I just don't think I can get someone else to do it. And now I had to turn around and apologize to him because he was right all along and we should have been outsourcing from the beginning. Now we're telling you, so listen to us, please. Yeah, you got to ask yourself, like Microsoft, would they have actually been as successful if just Bill Gates had been running that company for the last 30 years? No. No, because there would have been no one working for him and he'd have to do it all himself. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, we think because we're a small business, we need to stay small. Well, these days we don't need to stay small because outsourcing is so easy and it's virtual. And as we mentioned in the interview, if someone isn't doing a good job, you can fire them. There's no employment rules about going, oh, you've got to keep them for at least 10 years and your money will be gone forever. You know, it doesn't have to cost a fortune. There's people of all different price brackets that you can test out and see whether or not they'll be good for you. So maybe start with allocating just 50 bucks a week, free up a bunch of hours, work on more important things, and see how much you can actually turn things around so you're bringing in enough money to pay for the money you're paying for your outsourcer. It's all about profit. Spending money to make money. Totally. So sign up to Odesk or Elance today. Hire your first VA. Make sure you're specific. Follow all the rules we said in the interview. And sky's the limit. Go for it. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.